My name's Shaquan, but a lot of people know me by my other name, Mad Skills. I'm an MC. My name is Mad Skills. Now let's make some noise. I'm a DJ. Oh, yeah. I'm a ghostwriter for some of your favorite rappers. I'm not about to tell you who, though. But most importantly, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. Hip-hop confessions is raw, unfiltered conversations with my friends revealing things that they didn't like, never knew about, I don't know, or never got into about hip-hop culture. So sit back. Oh, come on, y'all. Turn up the volume. Hip-hop. And listen to hip-hop confessions. Because everybody's got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this. What's up, y'all? This is your boy, Mad Skills. We are here. This is my podcast, Hip Hop Confessions. Y'all know what we do here. Y'all know the type of confessions that we come up with, the kind of people that we come up with. Uh, and one, I got one of my favorite comedians uh, on the line right now. I just turned, I just kind of just tuned into this guy just recently and, and, and his stand up. I've been known his name. I've known his voice forever. Uh, what feels like forever. And, uh, I've super become a fan of this guy, man. Uh, I got my guy Tony Baker in the building. What up? What's happening, man? I'm a fan. Uh, uh, oh man, thank you. The, Come the on, man. I bought, I bought your debut album, man. The day it came out. Really? Yes. From oh. where? I bought that. Wow. They, this was this was you know I was buying you know this you know back when people had to buy the actual albums uh, on forty five. So this is what we was doing. And uh, your album came out, and I had the, I was flush with cash. You know, I was working right. at Dairy Queen. I had the money <laughs> to get the actual albums I wanted. Right. Because before, when you broke and you depended on your parents, I, I used to have a rule. If I like three singles, then I would get the full album. But mm-hmm. once I started making my own little money, all I needed was one song, and I'm pulling up. Wow. Getting the first day. So, yeah, I got your album. On the first day, that's crazy. First day. And and I still I still didn't sell as much as Tupac and the Fugees, but <laughs> shit, I you, appreciate you. <laughs> you had you had a rough come out. And yeah, that day that's was funny horrible. that you mentioned it because my my confession horrible. is rooted in in what you just mentioned. But I'll save it for later. Dope, dope. Okay. Well, how you been, brother? Man, I've been hanging in there. You know what I'm saying? Taking it one day at a time. You know. Yeah, you on the uh, road heavy. Yes, in, I've been seeing you every weekend. You and you you somewhere different. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's good, man. It's, I'm glad we back outside and we can't man. go and touch the people because I I know comedians and shit, even artists had it kind of hard during the pandemic, man. We oh yeah, we had to pivot and, oh, and, the, and the want pivot, no money with that shit. Whoo, that pivot game was strong. My pivot <laughs> game was NBA level, man. I had to pivot so hard. You know the 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 multiple pivots where they right. they just stay on that one foot and keep rotating. <laughs> right. That was me in the pandemic for sure. So listen, man, uh, to, to touch on a little bit of your background, you are from Grand Rapids, Michigan? I was only born there, but I was okay. raised in Chicago. I was born in Grand Rapids, and then my mom went right back to Chicago when I was couldn't even remember anything. Right. I'm like so that all with I Detroit. Knew, yeah. All I knew was Chicago, so I was raised in Chicago. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay, dope. So you, mm. you, you, you got a couple hip-hop legends there. You know oh, yeah. Saying? Common. Yeah, uh, common, Chance uh, the Rapper is a new new legend. Chance, yay, of course. We got Twister from the West Side, Kanye. Uh, my good know. friend, uh, No ID. No he's ID, from, man. Yeah, that's one of my I homies. I was about to I, say I, him, man. I just talked to him, you know what I'm saying, like earlier today. I met him once. Uh, I don't know if he remembers me, but uh, I met him once in the studio with Knife Wonder and Rhapsody, and he was there. 
and they were debating, I think, sport or mm-hmm. something like that. Oh and yeah, we that's like, that's we got yeah. a group chat. That's ninety percent of what we're talking about <laughs> all day. Like, I gotta add you to that group chat. You oh please do. <laughs> you have you have a lot of fun in there. <laughs> please do, please. So so a Shot Town guy. Mm-hmm. What was yep. it like coming up in Shot Town? Early, you know, when you first got introduced to hip hop, um, you know, it's funny. I'm the youngest of three boys, so um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty much sponging all. Pretty much, when you first come up in the game in life, that's the game. Uh, you pretty much at the mercy of your family, your immediate right. family. So whatever they're playing is what you're getting exposed to. Mm-hmm. So you know, my mom is playing gospel, R and B. She playing the Beatles, also the weird soundtrack. So I'm getting all that right. And so as the 80s coming to fruition, it's mad. Like, of course, Thriller, mm-hmm. you know, early Prince, 1999, right. uh, the album, not the year. Um, and so, but they also mad pop, though. You know, Duran yeah. Duran, Pet Shop Boys, Peter Gabriel, you know. Uh, so my, my brothers were into all of this. So it was a lot. I'm listening to a lot of 80s pop, um, R&B, and, you know, the rap. Came into my radar with you know B Street and Breaking and so eighty four yeah so mm-hmm. I'm looking at you know I'm looking at breakdancing now and I'm just taking it all in and I'm just like okay you know a lot of people be like you know Sugar Hill Gang and that didn't really that didn't really hit me as a as a small child yet so when I fully was like yo hip hop was like when I'm watching B Street and I'm watching these cats breakdancing and stuff like that. And then I'm seeing Run DMC and I'm seeing, you know, Walk This Way and like, you know, so I'm just like, oh, okay. But it, it still didn't, it still, you have that moment where, where hip hop punches you in the face. Right. So I still didn't have that true moment to where it hit me personally yet. And then my middle brother, he's more into hip hop than my oldest. So he's listening to Audio <laughs> 2 and, you know, Ice Cube, N.W.A., I'm hanging out with my friend Leon. He plays the Ghetto Boys. So I'm like, yo, they can cuss like this? So I'm just like, <laughs> right. you know, taking my all mom. that in. Oh, Gangsta Love, I was like, yo, I didn't know you could talk like this on a record. <laughs> and so, um, but I'm still, I'm still just trying to gravitate towards, you know, my hip hop identity, identity personally. Right. Um, and so, and growing up in Chicago, we listening to everybody. We listening to East Coast, West Coast, wherever right. you was at, we just taking in everybody. And, you know, we didn't re- we didn't really have a hip hop identity that early in the game, I feel like right. with Chicago on a big level. Mm-hmm. So we taking it all in, taking it all in. And then uh, you know, my hip hop identity came in the early nineties, where it was just like, I'm getting my feet around what I'm really into. Right. I remember the day it happened. It was kind of late, but it was like 93. Mm-hmm. 93 was when I, it, it was serious for me. Like it was real. Like I heard Wu-Tang Clan enter the 36 mm. Chambers. Hell of an album. Oh, and I was just like, yo, who is this? And my boy Lerone was like, yo, this is Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, who? Wu-Tang Clan. I asked him who it was like eight times. I was like, yo, <laughs> right. who was we listening to earlier today? It shit sounds weird. Man, because it, it was something I had never heard before. Because ODB was the first voice I heard, and I was just like, "Yo, what, what, what is happening here?" And then the karate influences, and then the way they talk—they sounded like some Italian gangsters from Good. I was just like, "Yo, what, the, what is this? I need right. it." And in that moment, you know, and I'm like, you know, a young teenager, so it was in that moment where I was just like, 
I started drooling for hip hop for real outside of just the hits. Right. Now I'm just like drooling. And then you got Illmatic. I'm going back a year or two for the tribe. And like, you know, I was already feeling daylight, but I was still sponging off my older brothers. But now mm-hmm. it's becoming my my identity. Wu Tang, Outcast, Nas. So that was the moment right there. And then when when Common came out, you know, yeah, you got sold by the pound. Yeah. That's when I was like, yo, he from Chicago. And I got excited. And I was just like, yes. And then, you know, breaking one nine. And I was just like, yes. Yeah. And Tongue Twister. And I was just like, I couldn't keep up with Tongue Twister, though. Like, he was so fast, I couldn't recite. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know. And Common, Common was you a little. Recite. Common, I could recite a little better, better even though he was kind of, he was faster then than he, than he you know. Because every, every Common album, he sounded a little bit different than the one before. Right. So that's when, and by the time uh, Resurrection came out, I was all in. Mm, yeah, so that was, was a like, killer, killer yeah. record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tell people a lot, like, you know, coming up in the 80s and listening to music and listening to what our parents listened to, and then when MTV hit, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, we was we was babies, so, you know, they, something along the lines of, oh, shit, they got a music channel to just play music videos all day. All like, day. Like, so anytime I turn to this joint, this ain't gonna be nothing but music. Right. So, by doing that, that's how we got, because if you wanted to see Michael, if you wanted to see Rick James or, or Luther or whoever, mm-hmm. Prince, you still had to go through all that other shit. Right. But those were singles. Those was bops. You was getting that Duran Duran, that Genesis, mm-hmm. Eurythmics. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, it, it, it's, it, it lasted, it made such a lasting impression on me that even now I get in the car and if I, I, I might hit a couple stations off. If I was just in the car a couple hours ago and I don't want to listen to what I was listening to on my Spotify or whatever, I right. just I go listen to uh uh you know an eighty station. I listen to K yeah. Earth one hundred and one or some shit, yeah, and just listen to the old shit just to take me back to that place, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and the videos would be like Hall of Notes videos and fucking oh. Huey Lewis in the news had the they had the best videos. Come on, man. That Peter you know Gabriel saying? Sledgehammer video is insane. still one of the best ever. Yes, insane, Easy. man. I liked uh, my shit was uh, the dude from the Beatles, uh, George Harrison, had a song called I Got My Mind Set On You. Oh, and yeah. That, that video yep. had a bunch of moving parts and, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. I just I just remembered, like, Hell yeah, because like hip hop, you know, we only had Run DMC showing up on, on MTV, if anything. That was it. Won't know your MTV raps yet. Right. So, you know, you only got a, a couple black people sprinkled in between all these white people, but yes. the white people had some bops. Yeah, they did. <laughs> this just was some bops. So I remember, remember that uh, Herbie Hancock video, Rocket? Yes. That weird yeah. ass video stayed in my mental, man, because we were just always watching. It was just super weird. And I was like, what's going on here? What's so crazy to me is that the, the Rocket video, it really matched the music. It did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was just like, this is genius because I was just like, and I would sit there and watch that video like mm-hmm. it was like a typical, you know, narrative going on. And it right. wasn't. I, I would sit there and watch uh, the video that used to have me mesmerized when I was around that age was uh, Sweet Dreams. Oh, man. Uh, like with the, because I didn't understand. I was like, I used to tell my sister, because she, she would always miss it. She'd be like, yeah. what video are you talking about? I'm like, yo, it's this. It's this dude, but it's a woman, but she looked like a dude. Right. She's like, what you mean? And I was like, and it's a cow. Yeah. It's like she's standing next to a cow with a baton in it. She like, what? 
Like my sister for weeks didn't believe that it was no such. She thought I was making the shit up. Right. You know what that I'm video was crazy, man. They was super artistic back then. Well, they still are now, but I feel like back then it was like this. This is what we do. We doing the super arty stuff right here, right out the gate. Yep, out the Off gate. Rip. I I love those times, man. Mm-hmm. So you know to to, and, and that's what it was like. You know, I didn't. We didn't have MTV for long. So when I truly got my identity, I know it coincided with me having access to BET. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting, I'm getting black music twenty four seven. I'm watching Rap City. I'm watching Midnight Love, Video Soul. Video I'm watching Soul. all this. So now I'm like, yo, I'm watching every rap video that's out right here, right now. I told I I I might have posted this about two or three weeks ago. I was telling my maybe two or three months ago. I was telling one of my homies. I was like, if somebody somewhere figured out a streaming service that only played old video souls, old rap city, old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo MTV raps. I would have that shit on auto pay, bro. Like, Absolutely. I would watch that shit all the time. Without question. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it just brings back a certain feeling, man. Like, yep. and, and I just love that era because everybody was different. Nobody sounded the same. They had their mm-hmm. own identities. Yep. It was just different then, and I know, I, I know. Sometimes we be the old niggas talking about back in the day, but fuck it, you know what I'm saying? Because we we can never talk about back in the day in peace. People always think y'all hate, man. Get over it. And then when you look at like lists and people talk about their influences, it's all back in the day, man. Let us have back in the right. day, because you know we we did have you know every it was a lot of dope people. I would say that, but we had some whack niggas. We had, you know, we had Vanilla Ices and absolutely motherfuckers who only had one song, and yep. you know what I mean. The Rumpelstiltskins and shit, and the <laughs> you know what I mean. The Flatliners. We had some motherfuckers like, yeah, they not gonna last. Yeah, they not know? fucking with Tribe and Daylight and LL and Kane. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. so we we had a couple one hit wonders for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, Vanilla Ice was selling like hotcakes, crazy. To the extreme crazy. was selling crazy. I remember he had a movie. I remember he was the first cool rapper that had a movie. Cool as he, ice. He, like the first commercial rapper. Cause you yep. we had Crush Groove and but it was just about him. Cause Tougher mm-hmm. Than Leather flopped. That, that shit did. was trash. But Tough. it was bad. It was bad. Big flop. But Cool as Ice was like they, they thought this motherfucker was about to be the next Michael J. Fox out here. But that, that movie flopped too, though. Don't 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 get it twisted. <laughs> cool as ice did a hot nothing at the box office. The only the only real like you know, and I don't consider these rap movies because they weren't, but they were starring roles for rappers. Were like New Jack City and Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Both the Ices came in and had a hell of a debut. Yeah, because people thought that you know just because. Oh, it's this this thing. It's this new thing. The kids are into it. Let's make a movie about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And some of them flew. You know, the B Streets, the Breakins, mm-hmm. and then you had fucking rapping with Mario Van Peoples and shit oh, like yeah. that. I, I watched that on my. I watched it on my Twitch channel maybe like a month ago. How was like, it? Oh, it's it's still horrible to this day. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's the little boy from the Last Dragon. Remember the little brother from Last Dragon? Yes. He in it. Oh, and, wow. oh it's so bad. 
God damn. I, I, I was trying. I was like, damn, can somebody tag Mario Peoples and get him to watch this shit with yeah. him? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would love I would love to hear commentary on stuff like that. Like, yo, right. t- walk us through rapping, bro. You know what's a good rapper movie that, that actually was funny and good that people don't really talk about was Disorderly. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, they, they were I, naturals. I went to the movies to go see Disorderly. Yeah, that was a funny movie that, you know, we was like, yo, these cast is like the 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 hip hop three stooges and yes. it worked. Yes, and it worked because they was already they 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 almost they almost stole Crush Groove. Yeah. And what's so crazy is Russell didn't even want them niggas in Crush Groove. <laughs> they won't Crush Groove was supposed to be run DMC's movie. Won't supposed to be no comedy in it at all. Right. And they were shooting the scenes and they was like, yo, this shit too. It's too tough. Like we need some laughter, and right. they put the fat boys in it. And all you can eat. That was that was my video right Perfect. there. <laughs> I love that song, man. <laughs> so so listen. So you know you you're in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know you're coming into your own, listening to hip hop, and, and you finding finding something that you can identify with as as a music. Uh, so when did when did comedy come into play? When did you realize? Like, hey, I I might be funny. Like, when did that happen? Shoot, this, I'm, this didn't come until late in the game, like late in my life. Like, you know, because uh, I never felt like I was funny because my older brothers never laughed at my jokes. Never. I'm trying to get in. You know, they hanging out with their little friends. I'm trying to slide in my little jokes. Crickets. Though. I was like, man, you know what? So when I'm in school and I'm making my, my peers laugh, I don't even register it because I'm so used to bombing at home. Right. And so I'm just like, man, you know what I'm saying? I just never thought of myself as funny. But girls were saying, you know, the girl, when when you like a girl, and she'd be like, you so funny, you don't want to hear that. You'd be like, man, man, forget all that. What's up right. with this? You right. know, I don't want to hear that I'm funny. Not knowing that that's a good a good you know, thing. that's a good thing. I'm like, man, forget all that. I want to be sexy. I want to be taken seriously. You know, so it didn't it didn't resonate. I was like, man, I ain't trying to be funny, man, even though I'm naturally funny. And so um, even through college, I'm going through college, and I went to New Mexico State University. Okay. And I'm very involved in the Department of Black Programs. I'm like super social, you know, and I'm just like hosting pageants and talent shows. And just, I'm just all over the place, making, making Vine videos in 98. 99 where Vine oh, wow. didn't even exist. And so everything was just funny. And I'm still in my mind, like not registering that I'm a funny that person. I'm funny, right. Cut to the Electric Circus Tour of Common. Mm-hmm. He he had a stop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh me and my brother went to this show. And a girl just snatches me up out the audience, like, yo, you're hilarious. And I'm just like, you know who I am? She's like, yes, you hosted that MC battle at New Mexico State, and you were hilarious. And I was just like, man, for her to snatch me up out of nowhere and say that, I was just like, man, maybe maybe I'm funny. That was, that was right. the first moment where I really took it in and accepted and the And accepted humor. it. Yeah. And so, uh, but still not, mind you, I'm not thinking stand-up comedy whatsoever. So once I started acting, I started doing theater in 2003-4. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, I did the play fences. So you know, I was doing dramatic, you know, theater, and then we did like a holiday play where we were various characters, and I'm just like, yo, because I always wanted to act for for mm-hmm. mad long, and so, uh, so once I moved to LA in 2006 to pursue acting for real, um, 
that's when I was like, yo, maybe I should try stand-up as a way of exposure to get, you know, because I'm to thinking about... Yeah, because I'm thinking about right. all the comedians that transition into acting. Uh, you know, Damon Wayans, Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams. So I was just like, Richard Pryor, everybody. And so I was just like, let me try it. And then once I did stand-up one time, fell in love with it. Head over heels. I was just like... Oh, wow. I was supposed to have been doing this shit the whole time. God damn it. Right, you found your calling. Man. And so... Here we are. What and, and what's so crazy is I, I speak to comedians about this. You know what I'm saying? And we've all have, have had this, you know, this, this conversation. And and they all, I, I, I admire y'all so much because, mm-hmm. you know, we got a beat behind us. We got a right. song and the hook that motherfuckers know. Y'all yeah. got complete quiet. Man. And it's, it's quiet, but you need to make it unquiet in here. Mm-hmm. Like, make me laugh. We have to make complete strangers laugh on command, pretty much. We we got a short window to do it, and we have to get that reaction out of complete strangers. And we don't know you from Adam, but we hope you find this shit funny like we did, and we go from there. There's no band. There's no hype man. There's no, you know, there's no hit song for us to right. tap into. We you can't do no even, covers. Right. You might not even be able to read the room because you might not even be able to see everybody in there. Man. You might be like, oh, my folks in here. And then the last six rows is all another race of people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and they like, I don't know nothing about that. I, right. I don't I, we I didn't get relate. that. That's so that's like, scary, man. It is, man. Like I I can't believe I do it, to be honest with you. Cause I was I was shy growing up. So it was just like, man, what the hell am I doing here? But here we are. I'm 14 years in now. Damn. And 14 years, like, serious, like, writing jokes. Once I started like, doing stand-up, I never stopped. You know how some people be like, I tried it, I dabbled I in it. I took a break. I never took any breaks. The only break I took was the pandemic. Right, because you had to. Yeah, and that was, that was the only break I ever had in, in stand-up. I was going consistently, once I did it the first time, never stopped. And for me, like, you know... I. Uh, it's a lot of comedians that have come and gone, you know, the greats and the people that have dabbled in it. And, you know, of course, like I said, the greats, the people that we always remember. And you can mm-hmm. always remember certain things about them that stood out amongst, you know, other people. Like, uh, you know, Chris, 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 I always looked at him as like the the moving comedian. Like he never stayed in one place. Like he right. was always moving. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and I found out there was a method to that madness. Like, so it's like people won't take their eyes off you because it's like yeah. I don't know where you're going to be when, right. you, when I look up. If I do look at my phone, if I talk to my girl, if I, I tune out for a minute, you I don't I might look crazy when I come back up because I don't even know where this nigga at. He just right. continuously walking. He utilizes the whole stage. Yes. Then a person like Dave will stand in one spot. Mm-hmm. That nigga don't got to move. Like right. It's almost like, it's like Rock Him. Like, nigga, the song's so good. Yeah. All I got... I, I could put the microphone out and y'all know all these fucking words. Right. I, I could stand right here. So Dave is like, I'm going to just stand here. Right. You know yep. what I mean? And, and certain other people have different qualities. Um, But the one thing I've noticed about you is that, and you don't, I, you might not see it in a lot of comedians, but mm. your, your voice off the rip sounds not funny, but it just sounds like it's something funny is gonna come out of your voice. Got you, yeah. Yeah, you know, almost like 
when you hear when you hear certain if I hear Cat Williams just talking, Cat yeah. Williams just has a funny voice. Right. So I'm waiting for him to say something funny. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been told that before? You know what? I think it's because um people have always like made fun of the way I talk in terms of like accent and tone. Like, you know, they'd be like, ooh, you know, they start imitating me in front of me, and I'll just be like, oh, okay. So I figured it was always something to it, you know what I mean? Um, but then once I started doing voiceovers, now they just know my voice. So now when they hear it, they associate, you know, funny with it. And I was just like, okay. So now just when they hear me, they're just like, man, it's just funny now. So <laughs> but it's, growing it up, I didn't always think. like that? No, like, you know, I didn't think. I didn't think my voice was that funny. But people have always talked about, you know, my accent, the way I talk. So I guess it's all, you know, gelling together and like, you know, and I have a fear of, you know, getting stuck in a box. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing, like, you know, if I, if I do, cause I still love acting and, you know, I can do dramatic acting well. So I never want to get stuck in that box where people can't take me seriously because of my voice or they're just mm-hmm. used to comedy. That, that's like a big fear of mine where they're like, man, I couldn't take them seriously, but you know. Right. Cause it's like I'm gonna need you to do that at some point if 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 I continue on the path that I want to continue on. Right. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like when you when I look at a person like like Marlon Wayans, mm-hmm. when I look at Marlon going from you know uh, the cockeyed character in Menace to Society to the to the abusive husband in you know the Aretha Franklin story, like right. and he did an amazing job in that. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So even even on a wasn't he just on the the, uh, the Bel Air joint when he played like the dad? I heard great things about that performance too. K- killed it, like yeah. like killed it. So it's like if you keep getting the opportunities, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, then, to to express yourself and stretch your wings, and sooner or later people going if they keep seeing you, they are gonna be like, damn, I ain't know he had that in him. Like yeah. he killed that shit. Like it happens. Yeah, you man. Know what I'm saying, and for me, drama is easier than comedy. Like you know, to do a dramatic performance. It's just easier for me to tap into those emotions than than to than to get the joke just right, you know. Right. And uh, you know, I just want to make sure that you know, hey, I, I started in drama, so I I can easily go back there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you start doing jokes, um, and you're acting. You're in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media comes into play where we all got a phone in our hands. Right. Uh, you know. For these kids now, it's almost like it's it's their newspaper. It's how they find out if the stocks is down. It's how they find out if school gonna be closed. Everybody got mm-hmm. their face in their phone and these social platforms. Yep. And then you start doing skits because a lot of people was doing sketches and skits. You started pulling like content of animals. And mm-hmm. speaking as the animals, and the shit just takes off. Yeah. Like, how? what made you even do that? Because <laughs> like, you know what? Because we, we grew up, we always had pets in the house. We always had pets growing up. Mm-hmm. So my earliest memory, it's a picture of me. It's, it's a picture of me on the floor in diapers with a dog, like damn near standing on my back, and a cat in the picture. So we always had animals so I just grew up with them and so you know when you grow up with them you're just wondering like what are you thinking right now like what are you what's on your mind as a cat looking out the window like what are you thinking about so I've always looked at the pets like what are you saying to yourself what are you thinking about when you're looking at me 
talk to you in English and you clearly don't understand what I'm saying, what are you thinking in your mind? So I grew up with that. And so, and I've always just been super fascinated with animals. Animals are incredible. Right. So, um, so then like in 2000, shoot, this had to be 13, 2013, Mm -hmm. maybe, um, 2012, 2013, I saw this video of this goat in Brazil, just giving, giving these people the, the blues, man. He was just, he was cutting up, man. He was, he was ramming people off motorcycles. He knocked this old lady down with groceries. And this dude tried to save her, and he tried to come in, and then he started chasing him. And I was just like, "Yo, what is this goat saying?" So I was like, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the goat," and so right. I'm gonna be this goat in this scenario. Posted that video on my little YouTube page, and I only had like a thousand subscribers on YouTube at that time. Put it up there, you know, nothing, nothing really noticeable about right. it, traffic wise. It was just like, yeah, I, I might do another one, and so. I did another one where this this cat was uh no this raccoon was eating out the cat dish and there was a whole bunch of cats like watching the raccoon and the raccoon was taking the <laughs> he was taking the food and then just rinsing it off and then eating it and the cats are looking at him and he looking at the cats so I was just like what is he talking about <laughs> right so so I had these two videos Marlon Wayans had a network that he was doing called What the Funny that he was going to start that, yeah, yeah. So I was like, hey, Marlon, you know, I already knew Marlon through stand-up and through, the, I knew him personally. So it was just like, you know, I can do, I could do a show like this for your network. And I sent him those two videos. And he was like, man, this is great. Take those videos off your YouTube. Let's develop that type of show. So that was the plan. So I took those videos off of uh, the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the funny, whatever fell through at that network. So I would just occasionally repost those videos on my Instagram. One time I reposted the cat and the and the raccoon. This time when I reposted it, I remember Spice Adams reposted it and other people were reposting it and it went viral. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, and people kept telling me, repost the raccoon, man, repost the raccoon. I, was like, I already posted it three times. Post it again. Right. And so this time it went viral. And so I was like, man, the people really like this. Let me just start doing these on my own and not just mm-hmm. wait. And so... So ever since then, I've just been doing, you know, uh, the voiceovers. And I was doing this before, like, you know, I knew, you know, voiceovers would get popular, you right. know, virally. I was just doing it on, on pure love of the game. And so, you know, so it was never, for me, it was never, because I can see people trying to do voiceovers now just to get numbers. Right. But for me, it was just like, I really want to be the animals. Like, I've always wanted to speak <laughs> right. for them since and I was it, a kid. That's, and it comes off that way. Yeah. So I've always wanted to, you know, speak on their behalf. So, um, and that that's how that ended up just getting traction. Then I just became more consistent with just doing them, you know, um, as they came through and still doing them to this day. Man, listen, bro, they, it's, it's like anytime I see them, you know, they come at the perfect time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's never not funny. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't never seen the animal talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that's not something that happens in real life. So right. we can only get that in the fantasy land or in a place that's, you know, some where someone has dubbed it over or made it into something else. But man, them shits <laughs> are always like they never fail. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, it's almost man. like it's almost like you got you got like the the 
the peach cobbler jokes. Like it's like the peach cobbler always gonna be good. You right. know what I mean? Like it, if it's always gonna be good, you just got a a a, a thing that that works. Um, were you the one who I don't know if this was you or not? And if I, if not, I don't I don't want to throw no shade to the other person that made it. But I know you use this term a lot. Uh-huh. Um, when um in Planet of the Apes, when uh the original I, I, the first video when 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 Caesar talked, you know, oh, what I'm saying yeah. the dude jumped back like he heard him talk. Right. And, um, I think the first video I saw of that was um was somebody had overdubbed that. The dude, the, the ape leaned into the dude and he said, yeah, you remember remember that dude you told on? Remember that oh, dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he out, Playboy. Right. Yeah, he out. And it, the dude jumped back like. Yeah, he was like, oh, snap. It's like, it's like, and, and and from that point on, I've always heard, the, uh, even in your, you know, when you're promoting your shows or something will sell out, you'd be like, yeah, you know, man, DC, them tickets, man, they, they gone, Playboy. Yeah, and it's like you already hear it in your voice. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, yep. It's so it's, it's almost like it's certain jokes, man, that you can write them, and we mm-hmm. still laugh because we read them as you. Yeah, if you understand what I'm saying, like it's certain phrases that you have that when you write it out, we, yeah, we read it and hear it in our heads as you. Right, and right. I don't know. I don't know a lot of you know comedians that you know. Of course, Kevin can type. All right, all right, all right, and we'll know exactly what that is. It's right. not a lot of people that have those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, but you definitely got every time I read it and laugh. You'd be like, yeah, you know, Philly and tickets, man, they go on Playboy. Like <laughs> I just fucking die laughing, man. Man, Super I appreciate funny. that, man. Um, I, I will. I, I that first video you were talking about with the Planet of the Apes. I had seen somebody dub over that that clip, so it was probably somebody else. And I don't know if he said Playboy or not, but the first one I did of that particular clip when he leaned in and he was like, it was it was about leftovers, and I did it around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he leaned in, he was like, them leftovers gone, Playboy. They're gone. And so... <laughs> So, and what's so you really sound like a nigga uncle, like, <laughs> I, like it's so fucking funny to me because I can picture that person at the at the function, at the cookout, yeah. at the you know what I mean, at the barbecue, like, right, shit, man, that shit is hilarious, man. I I, I love that voice, man. It's Thanks, such man. a dope thing. Appreciate it, man. So I I came into, you know, I I came. One of the things that, you know, outside of your your um sketches and things of that nature, mm. I, from Instagram, I started following you on Twitter. And, mm. um, and you know, of course, everybody knew the gram was popping more and was what it was. But one day you right. put, this is one of the things that, that caught me, it really caught my attention, and I told you about it, was when you posted, you said, De La Soul is really relationship gold. I, oh yeah. I, I don't want to be like no couple. I want to be like De La Soul. And then you went through the the, the you was like they've been together this amount of years. They ain't yep. never broke up, and you ain't never seen them in the art. You ain't never seen them in the in public arguing with each other, beefing each right. other. De La Soul is relationship goals for me. Right. And I and I remember going, like, yeah, this a hip hop nigga right here. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like I was like, he know his shit. <laughs> what made you even come up with that that tweet? 
Because, man, like, you know, I'm a big Daylight fan, and I'm mm-hmm. always going to the streaming platforms to see if they did right by them and they their right. albums are up. Because I'm always right. like, man, I want to listen to some Daylight. And, uh, you know, we only got the grind date and the... Uh, the the album they crowdfunded for and the anonymous you know, nobody the anonymous nobody and mm-hmm. uh, and I always go back to that album to listen to the song with Estelle and uh, the P Rock produce mm-hmm. and um, I was just thinking that De La Soul I'm just like yo this is a group that has never broken up they don't have any solo projects they've been together since uh, their debut and what 80, 88, 89? yep and there's I'm sure I'm sure they argue amongst each other, but there's never been We ain't never seen it. We ain't never seen it. You know, we can't we can't say the same thing about any other group in hip hop that that have still constantly put out projects together. Like, right. you know, and it's like that's relationship goals. From for if you're in a relationship from eighty-nine to now, mm-hmm. people are gonna plug, they're gonna clap at the show, man. How long y'all been together? Hey, man, we've been together, you know. Right. 32 years, you're going to be like, oh, man, that's, you know what I'm saying? Amazing. That's amazing. Man. And so I, I look at De La Soul, and, you know, even the locks, I look at I look at like that. But, you know, De La Soul is before the locks. So it was just like, this is this is amazing right here that they were able to stand. Because we, we've seen countless groups break up, they fight, mm-hmm. they break up and come back together. You know what I'm saying? We saw the Tribe documentary. It was just turmoil within the group. It was just like, God damn. And we so did, I was just talking to my friend. We so didn't expect to see that. Like, you know, when when I saw the doc, and I was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" You know, the the trial, you know, the, the the trials and tribulations of a tribe called Quest. I'm like, "Oh shit, this is gonna be dope!" Like, and you know, right. I was discovered by Q-Tip, so I I was definitely close to it. Yeah. And, and the first the first fucking scene is a is like I'm done with this shit, man. Man. Like niggas beefing. I'm like. Man. Wow. It it was and I I was around it and it was still heartbreaking to see on a screen. Yeah. That hurt, you know man. I, mean? I was just like, damn, man. You know, because I look at tribe and that whole native tongue movement. I'm just like, man, that that everything just looks so fun and so dope and so pure mm-hmm. and so, you know. Special. Non-problematic and non-violent that it, we were just like, man. So when you see it and it you just like, damn it. You know, yeah, I remember in the in the movie when uh they they had cut to to Paz from Daylight, him and Dave, and they were like, "Well, how you guys feel about this?" And they were both like, "Man, listen, like if 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 they gonna if they can if they want to continue like this, then I'd rather they break up. I don't I don't yeah. want to see them like this, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm sure don't nobody else want to see this. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, and I was just like, oh, and they you know they, those they friends, they super close. That's Daylight, you know what I mean? Right? They, they right there with Tribe, so. And, and and like and like you said, for somebody to some OGs or you know to, to for Daylight to have the relationship that they have and never went through nothing publicly, right? To look at their little brothers and go, man, I don't want to see this shit. I know y'all don't want to see it because I'm a fan too, and I don't want right. to see it. You know what I mean? And the fact Crazy. that Daylight that they don't even do solo joints. There's no there's no solo day. There's no solo day. There's no solo pass. Yeah, and it's just. Cause, cause you know when you when you can do your little solo projects, that gives you the room to breathe, and then you can come back to the group because you're not dependent on group the group group things to survive. But they have consistently just stayed a group and a group only, and it's just it makes it even more amazing that they yeah. still together. It's like when you see him, you're gonna see me, and when you hear right. him, you're gonna hear me. Yep. To be able to maintain that for thirty plus years is fucking insane. 
amazing. And somebody Crazy. tried to bring up ZZ Top, and I was just like, "Man, let me let me look up this ZZ Top example." And I was like, "No, nah, because they they just switched the drummer out or somewhere. Right. Somebody yeah. always got to come out of nowhere with another example." Well, right, you know, like, right. It's always on. that. It's always that place. Yeah. So, okay. So listen, man. This is Hip Hop Confessions. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the podcast. So we're gonna get straight into it. We we didn't got the. The, the, the side talk out the way. Tony Baker, right. I need to know, what is your hip-hop confession? Okay. My hip-hop confession is, I don't have no personal stories that, that, okay. that would be interesting with, you know, musicians and stuff. Um, my confession is, I choose sides in hip-hop beef. I don't know if that's a big confession. I know a lot of people just, well, I don't like them both. I'll be choosing sides depending on who the artists are. So with with that being said, uh, you know, when when Common Beef with West Side Connection, I was common. Mm-hmm. When, when Pac and Biggie, so. when Pac and Biggie was beefing, I was Biggie. Mm-hmm. Uh when Nas and Jay got into it, I was Nas. I'd be picking sides. <laughs> Always. Uh, man, like here lately, uh, I can't even think of any hip hop beef that really got my attention here lately. Um, I'm gonna te- I'm gonna test your G on a couple. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna okay. run a, I'm gonna run a couple passes to see who see who sides you pick. Okay, you know what I mean? since you always pick a side, I usually pick a side. Now I don't pick sides as much now as I used to, but yeah, right. I'll be I'll be side picking. Like even even with Pusha T and Drake. I was leaning towards push. Okay. All right. Well, I'm from Virginia, so you already know yeah. <laughs> where, where I was going. You know what I'm saying? Where I was going. Okay. So, so 50 and Ja Rule, where was you at? Okay. That's an <laughs> example of a beef I never really connected to. Okay. Be- because... I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really a big fan of Ja Rule like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, when Fifty came out, I already had like a thing. See, I chose. I chose <laughs> against Fifty before that because Wu Tang felt disrespected by Fifty Cent because of how to rob. Yeah. And so a lot of rappers I, did. Right. And so since since Wu Tang took it personally, I was. I felt like I was Wu-Tang. I felt like I was in the group, even though I was not. I was just like, hey, man, you know. So it was just like I had a little thing towards 50 already for the Wu-Tang disrespect. Right, so you was feeling the way. I was feeling the way. But I wasn't on board with Ja Rule either, so I was I was just chilling and taking that beef in as it was. Okay. I didn't really choose between Ja Rule and 50, but I did feel like 50 was trying to bully everybody. So when he started beefing with the locks and Fat Joe. I was with the locks and Fat Joe. Got you, because now you just see him as a bully. Right. You you just want to do this shit to get attention. Yeah. All right. I give you another one. Okay. Uh, Cameron and Mace. Oh, you remember that? Yep, I do. Um, he here's a nut. Here's a every time somebody's beating with somebody. So once by the time I discovered that Cameron and Mace weren't getting along. Cause I, I like both Cameron and Mace. Yes, like I, of I bought Cameron's Confessions of Fire album. I bought we Harlem all bought World. Harlem World. Yeah, so you know, 
And I feel like, yo, yo, Cam is nice. You know, y'all need to get in on it. Cause I feel like, you know, you know, Mace was a superstar. And so I feel like Cam was on the rise. And I like that dynamic him and Mace had. Right. And so when I find out later on that, you know, Cam and Mace, you know, are beefing, I had a chip on my shoulder towards Cam mm. because they was kind of they was trying to come at Nas. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember in, that. I remember in that. the Nas Cam beef. I'm I'm Nas, so okay. it's just like ah. So I was just like, but I didn't really go pro Mace either. I was just like, it was another situation like Fifty and Ja Rule. I was just like, hey man, you know. But when it came to Cameron and Jim Jones versus Nas, I was Nas. Okay, and I got another one for you. And this one was hard for me. Uh huh. This this one was hard, and it was very yeah. It was hard. Jada Kiss and Beanie Siegel. Oh man. Remember that? Yeah, I do. That shit was brutal. Man. Because for me, when one of them niggas came out, you would always go, Dad, yo, yo, he over. Yeah. Hey, ain't no, yeah. ain't no coming back from this. That nigga over. And then bam. Yeah. The next cat with Jada Kiss or Beans would drop a reply, and you'd yes. be like, bruh. Mm-hmm. And then it would come back like. Yeah. I remember when Jada Kiss said he said he said he called he called Siegel a fat fuck. He was like, oh, man. nigga, he said, I shouldn't even play with you. He said, you fat fuck. Like what bitch wanna lay with you? He was like, something about you can't do nothing to me. And yeah. bring the and bring the baby gorilla with you. He dying for free. I said, yo, <laughs> time out. <laughs> And I'm a bad, I'm a battle rapper. Yeah. So I, I, I at, de- at that point in my life, I don't feel like nothing is nothing is too far off the yeah. table. That right. nigga said, "Bring the baby gorilla with you. He dying for free." I man. said, "Ooh, <laughs> shit." Yeah, man. That shit was real, and I, I was like, both of these niggas are spitters. Yeah. Yep. It was like baby Nas and baby J. Like. Yep. You know what I mean? They were they were they were going out. I was like, man, they were they were going for the jugulars. And it was that back and forth was clean. And I love I love it when when it's not one sided. Yes. When it's not, you know, yes. it's not somebody getting slaughtered out and then they just just threw in the towel. It was like, cause I remember, I remember thinking, like, you know, I don't know if Nas, because Nas had never been battle tested on a straight up not like that. Nas subliminal battle. So it was just like. The takeover was scathing. I was just like, ah, you know, we nobody expected either. Nobody he baited, expected he baited, that. He baited Nas so perfect, man. That was the perfect. That was a perfect jab to make a motherfucker lean in and, and get popped, man. So I nobody never, expected either. Ether was it blew everybody's lid loose, and it was just like. And now, even to this day, it's it's the verb. It's like, yo, don't get ethered. Yeah, you out got here. ethered, man. And so, and Ooh. so with with with, with Jadakiss and, and and Beanie getting into it, it was like, you know, I'm still I still got a chip on my shoulder towards from, Rockefeller from that shit because right. they was coming at Nas. So it was just like, all right, I'm 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 leaning with the locks and Jada, and you know, so. Is always like like when when I'm a fan of somebody, man, I like I really be loyal. Right. And so when even though even though I was a fan of Jay-Z, Nas got me first. 
You know, yeah. Nas came out with Illmatic and it was written. So I love Reasonable Doubt. So mm-hmm. once they started beefing, it was just like, well, you know, Nas. And okay. so <laughs> it, it, that's just what it was. Even, even when uh, Action Bronson disrespected Ghostface, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went with Ghost. I was just like, hey, man, I was Action Bronson McGee until I feel like he disrespected. And I was just like, man, I got to. Yeah, yeah, you got to get checked. Yeah, so all right, so so NWA and Q. You know what? In in that situation, I'm also a fan of underdogs. And in that situation, Ice Cube was the underdog. It was mm-hmm. like, yo, what is he gonna do without the crew? What is he gonna do without Easy and Dr. Dre? Right. Will he survive? It was like a, a lesser artist would have crumbled under the under the under the weight of that. Right. Ice Cube battled them dolo and then continued to thrive on his own. And that just proved, it was just like, yo, Ice Cube. So in that situation, it was just like, I went with the underdog because, yeah. you know, I like I like Cube and like, you know, all the NWA, I was just like, yeah, but since he was the underdog, I was like, man, y'all ain't gonna do him like this. And then when he came with that no Vaseline and then backed that up with America's Most Wanted, I was just like, oh, he's got good. Him, got him out of here. Yeah, like he proved he proved that he was the better writer. Like absolutely. Like Ren, Ren, no disrespect to Ren, but Ren Penn wasn't it wasn't even fucking with uh right. Cube at at Cube in Cube's heyday at his height. Right, you and that was saying? just proof positive that yo, I I I do this, y'all. Easy, you know you don't write, and Dr. Dre, I don't think he wrote either. So all right. they had was Ren to yeah. To hold the 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 writing and, porch down, and it was and just, that that was just hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game versus fifty. Did you have a dog in that fight? The dog I had was the game because oh, once wow. he once he went against uh, the juggernaut of G Unit, you know he was the underdog, and I was just like, and he he refused to get jaw ruled. He was just like, yo, I'm gonna keep fighting back. I'm gonna fight back, and he fought back. He yeah, would not yeah. stop. And I was just like, he's making sure that he is he, not getting buried under he, the... And he kept getting up like Rocky. like Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. And I respected him for that. I was just like, as you should, game. And so, you know. Because that G-Unit run was mean. Oh, my God. It that was G-Unit just, run was... God damn, that G-Unit run was different. It was... It was you know, we had, we had never seen anything like that, really. It was mm-hmm. just... You know, for 50 Cent to come out and do what he did, the numbers he was doing, it was just yeah. insane. And then, you know, he was such a juggernaut that even his crew, they coming in going double platinum and platinum. Yeah. It was just like, yo, these cats are just on another level. Like everything so for the touch. game to stand up to that, um, I applauded him for it. I was just like, yeah, you got you to gotta fight for your life. And he did that. So Yeah, no, nah, he did. Yeah, which, yeah. which brings me to uh, another moment that me and you ended up having uh online mm-hmm. indirectly was when uh when we was talking about 50 cent when i i posted a I put up a tweet um about new york and atlanta yeah and i said uh my, i was asking i was like you know is is atlanta has atlanta held on to the to the hip-hop stronghold and music longer than new york had it or is it is it close? And I remember people lost their mind. New York right. is the Mecca. We ain't gonna never not be hot. And da, 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 da. and I was like, yeah. I'm just asking. Like I don't got a, I don't got a dog. And so I'm from Virginia. I right. don't got nothing. My town don't got nothing on either one of y'all. We right. we can't compete to how long y'all have had longevity. 
And I remember maybe about two days later, uh, I saw you put the post up and mm-hmm. kind of say, hey, hey, this is a good, this is a good question right here. How y'all feel about this? I feel like Atlanta, right? You know, and you 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 voiced your opinion on it. Um, and and it, it sparked such a debate online mm-hmm. about you know who's because in my in my opinion, I always felt like Atlanta's Atlanta hasn't surpassed New York. Mm-hmm. But it's close. Yeah, it's super close. Right. And I think eventually it probably will because Atlanta right. been hot for so long. It just don't. It just seemed normal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It seems normal. You never thought motherfuckers would be going to Atlanta to do the hip hop awards and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and shooting movies. It's a it's a whole fucking black Hollywood in Atlanta now. Right. You know what I mean? So none nobody saw that coming. Right. But New York, yes, is the Mecca, and it started in New York. Mm-hmm. But the attitude that New York had when they had it, yeah, it that's what almost made people be like, "Well, shit, we hot now. Like it's our turn." Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So how so how, how did you feel about how do you feel about that? Like in, in terms of geography, like what do you think? Well, for me, and like I was saying in the in the debate. Because I was trying to do a real timeline. So, you know, of course, New York is the foundation. So New York has had it since the inception of hip-hop, literally, all the way into the 2000s. Uh, Granted, you know, they gave it up to the West for a little bit, but then they got it back. And then they would would give it up for a little bit, but then somebody would come and just bring back the glory. Like, you know, when, when, uh, when the West got hot, in the early 90s, Dr. Dre's The Chronic kind of, you know, even though N.W.A. made an impact, it was still kind of like balanced. But then once The Chronic came out, it was like it clearly was like West was for real. Yeah. Yes, they were going double platinum, triple platinum. And then, you know, it was pop. the East Coast was like gold, golden out. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, Wu-Tang made some noise. It was like a groundswell, like Nas. Wu-Tang. Nas came in with the critical acclaim, but the low sales initially... But and then Biggie came in with the modest sales too. But then he grew, ready to die, grew into this behemoth. And so Save it was like, all right, we got the we got the East back with Biggie and Bad Boy and like every everything that was going 97 on. Ninety seven was yeah all New York. So it was like New York is back. And then you know with the death of Biggie and the rise of, of Jay Z and Rockefeller and like you know the East was New York. Was thriving again, long term, and the Fugees are also East Coast. Yeah. But you, you said New York, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, New York. I, so I'll take the Fugees out, even though they were monsters. Um, Ten so million like sold. Yeah. Yeah, New York kept getting it back. They, they just kept getting it back, and so you know, you had Outkast popping the South, and like you know, the brat, even though she's from Chicago, but she was with So So Deaf, so it was like a little blurry there. And Crisscross, I don't feel like they really. Put Atlanta out there, even though they were nah. from there. You had they to was dig kids. in. They was kids. Yeah, so it was like you had Outkast and Goody Mile holding down the Ford in the South, and also Scarface and the Ghetto Boys mm-hmm. holding down the South. But that's not Atlanta. We talking Atlanta, okay? All right, let me stay focused on Atlanta. Okay, so Outkast, Goody Mob, right? And they doing numbers, and then uh, in the in the mid to later two thousands, it's like you had a whole bunch of cast from Atlanta. Atlanta had a sheer volume of just artists coming out of there. And yeah. so it was just so many of them. They would have hit singles and ringtones. Yeah. And so you got this marriage of uh, 
you know, that going on. Meanwhile, 50 Cent is a goddamn juggernaut, you know, who took who took the spot took from back. another New Yorker, which was Ja Rule. So it was yeah, just like New York it. is just and DMX, so, DMX was oh, in there during that time. Damn. God Puff, damn, Puff, DMX was Puff killing 97, 98. Doing crazy numbers. Seven so, million out the can. Yeah. It, it was just like the sheer volume of just like behemoths coming out of New York. But again, Atlanta just had this massive swell of just like artists coming through. Some stuck around, some didn't, but everybody was moving numbers. Lil John. Yeah. Uh, Young Bloods are just coming out. T.I. was coming out. So it was just like, all right. So then the South took over. It was just like, all right, Atlanta's here now. And uh, then you had, once you started having New York cats trying to sound like they from Atlanta, that's when you that's knew. When you knew. New York is off the clock. And so, uh, so now I feel like Atlanta is still catching up to New York's total year years on top. Right. So they haven't passed them yet, but they they damn sure catching up, and they probably will pass them. I, I so believe that, so. Like, yeah, know, because I tell people all the time, like Fifty was the last hot male rapper who who shifted the culture and made a big mark in the culture. Like, yeah, and and, and you know, motherfuckers was wearing wife beaters and fucking chains and do rags and shit. Right. But but you know that. At his height, you know, Kanye came in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's when Kanye was rapping and it was late registration and college dropout. But right. I always tell people, like, the last two kings of New York mm-hmm. never really sounded like they was from New York. And people usually don't give them credit mm-hmm. because they were women. So it's oh. like Cardi... Mm-hmm. And Nikki were the last yeah. two people that had New York popping, but they don't sound like mm-hmm. they from New and they girls. So no, ain't no New York cat gonna ever say, "Yeah, Nikki was the king for a minute." That's right. They going, but but Nick Nikki's run was we, insane. We gotta give it up. Cardi's still on a run, yeah. but the last male rapper from mm-hmm. New York City that dented the culture was right. Fifty. They haven't had one since. Yeah. Not like I didn't 50. Even, I didn't even think about Cardi B and Nicki See? Minaj. So you gotta you gotta give New York some other some other years in there then. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said Atlanta, if even if Atlanta is close, yeah. they still got a ways to go. And, and Cardi B is still one of the major forces in the game when it comes to straight from rap the Bronx. Right now. Straight from the Bronx living in Atlanta. Man, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Yeah, no, yeah, man. Real. So, so that gives that gives New York even more notches because mm-hmm. New York, New York, they always have behemoths, right? You know what I mean? Like you know, even Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Jay Z, Biggie, Nas, DMX. Fifty Cent, LL Cool J, DMX. It's They're just big, like it's big. It's not. Man. It's not either you the the biggest shit out of New York or you ain't right. nothing. Ain't right. no in between. Yeah. It's like, nah, nah, nigga, you ain't bubbling, nigga. Either you smashing this shit or you not. Right. Because once you the hottest in New York, the whole world gonna know about you. Right. Not if you the hottest in your borough, in your neighborhood. When yeah. you're the hottest thing in New York, what happens in New York happens in the world. Right. 
Yeah. So it's like once you once you the hottest in the city, the world about to know about you. And that came true for Puff, Cardi, mm-hmm. Jay, DMX, Ja Rule, Fifty. Yeah. They was the hottest in New York at a time. That and that's true. You never think of a New York artist. Nobody ever says, "Oh, they they just a local legend," or they just you know a local. No, none of you never hear that about New York. Listen, if you can make it, what they say, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, that's I never even it. thought about that. Yeah, so that's nine, crazy man, for sure. Well, mm-hmm. listen, bro, man, I just wanted to, you know, have you on the podcast. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm a big fan. Um, I appreciate your confession. If y'all, you know, the recap is when Tony, when somebody's in the hip hop battle, Tony always picks a side. I like picking sides, man. Like, you know, that comes down to food. That comes down to food. (laughs) That comes down to, like, if I watch a, if I watch a sporting event, like right now the NBA playoffs are going. Right. I have to pick a team to root for before I watch the game just to make the game more interesting. Right. I get it. Granted, my my, my emotions are in check because it's not Chicago, but, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm watching a team, I, I, I have to pick somebody just to make it more interesting. Right. You know, so maybe maybe that's it. what it is. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, well, I appreciate man. you for pulling up, brother. Um, you know, in, in case anybody's listening and they've been under a rock and they don't know where to follow you at or how to get to your socials, uh, let them know how they can stick in with what you're doing. Uh, you can follow me at Tony Baker on Instagram, Tony Baker Comedy on YouTube, uh, Tony Baker Comedy on Facebook as well. Um, pull up to all that, TonyBakerComedy.com to see my merch, my show dates, all that good stuff. I'm currently on tour now. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode will drop, um, but you know, I'm in DC this weekend. I'm in Raleigh the next weekend, and then in June I'll be in uh, Richmond, Virginia, in your neck I'm of the woods. A, I'm gonna come see you. Pull up, man. We got, uh, we got, we got a show the day after. We got a show while you here uh, with uh with Red Man Method Man. So, oh damn, uh, is that on a Thursday? No, 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 no. It's on a Saturday. Damn. Um, Damn. But uh, okay. it might be before your show. Okay. Because I'll be trying to You probably got two shows that night. It's a Saturday I, night. But yeah. I think we had, we rocking at like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So, um, shoot, I might be able to uh, pull up on that and just leave early. Yeah, I just... I might um, have to leave I, early. Hell yeah, I'll let you know. Hell yeah, let me know, man. I'm, I'm the, definitely going to come see you Friday night, though. And pull up, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll throw you yeah. on the list, man. And uh that's that's what that's it. That's where they can find me. Um, pull up. It's good times. We talk silliness, animal voiceovers, jokes, hip hop, movies, all that. Dope, dope. Multifaceted. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming through. Y'all keep tuning in. This has been Hip Hop Confessions with your boy Mad Skills and Tony Baker. Cause everybody got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this.